Welcome to The Mindful Apprentice, brought to you by Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. In this podcast series, we want to share stories and information to help everyone make the apprenticeship a success, whether you're an employer or the apprentice. We've interviewed a wide range of apprentices, employers, specialists, charities and clinicians to make this series. Wherever you're listening, we hope you'll find it helpful. Hello, I'm Dominic Arkwright. Today, some tips on making a success of your apprenticeship. Let's kick off with some encouragement from Darren Marks, Managing Director of the Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. I think just want to share to all apprentices and students out there that no matter what challenges you think you've got at the moment, they can be beaten, they can be smashed down, you can go round them, you can go through them, and there are people to help you do this. You're never alone despite what, what you may feel, how, how you may visualise that situation. Maybe the place to start is, what are employers looking for? What are they expecting from you? Paul Ballard is Technology, Strategy and Enterprise Architecture Director at Nationwide Building Society. Ultimately what we're looking for, and we've found in the princesses, are you want people who are hungry, curious, you know, want to learn, you know, what want variety and, and kind of don't want to be sat there turning up for work and, you know, just going through the motions. You know, from, from my point of view, it's a kind of two-way contract, really. You're saying, look, we can give you really super interesting work. We'll invest in you and you as a person. On the flip side, you've got to be invested in it. You've got to be curious. You've got to be motivated, put the hours in, show energy, be willing to learn. And I think with apprentices, we found that that's definitely true. So what's not going to go down well at Nationwide? One is, which I think is, is like, there is no excuse for it, which would be a big worry, is if you just haven't got that motivation. So if, you, if you're not fully motivated, energised, you know, turn up to work fully engaged, then that, that would be a red flag because you're sort of, sort of expecting that your behaviours are, you know, like the, the, the right behaviours for somebody who wants to learn and grow their career. If, if that's not in place, then that's, that's a big red flag because there's an opportunity for you here and, you know, there's plenty of other people that might want to do that and, and you, you should be people that want to learn and grow and develop. Propensity to learn and develop would be another red flag, you know, so, you know, we've seen people who just aren't developing, you know, despite the opportunity. OK, you've got to be curious, motivated and willing to learn. What else? Mark Bates is Early Careers Programme Manager, also at Nationwide, and Danielle Foy is Business Development Consultant at New College Swindon. It's also about getting ready and getting yourself organised, so turning up on time, communicating if things are going right or if things are going wrong, also being brave to speak up and um, making sure that you be prepared to learn and to change and adapt. Be organised. That is my message I would give to anybody young starting an apprenticeship where you're going to be working and doing some studying, just be organised. Don't put it off. Don't do that in a minute. I'll do it in a minute. Do it in a minute. Do it tomorrow. There's no day called tomorrow. Do it as soon as you possibly can. Once your assignment's done and it's handed in, it's done then. But it is... Just put the phone down for five minutes and get some work done. But yeah, my it's be organised. Ask questions and be inquisitive as much as possible. All of that is echoed by Olivia Skane, who's made a success of her apprenticeship at HM Land Registry. I made sure I was smart on the first day. It sounds 
silly but like if, if I look smart I feel smart I know that's not for everyone but it felt like that for me I ensured I was there on time because there's nothing worse than showing on, up on the first day of something being late and panicky so ensured I was there on time so then I could come and meet my line manager and meet my new colleagues and yeah made sure I was asking questions throughout the first few weeks and so on I think it's really important when you join an organization don't be afraid to ask questions like no no question is a silly question because nobody is expecting you to know absolutely everything on day one Evie Barnes has been promoted after her apprenticeship at Nestle in York. There's no expectation there to be in that position so early on. So I think taking advantage of everybody around you and really using them to soak up all of the knowledge um, and all of the different skills that you can learn as part of the role is super important. So who are you going to call? Apprentices should have a mentor. At some companies, you'll have a buddy as well. Mark Bates from Nationwide. Buddies are really good when you start out because it's that person you go to if you don't, you don't know how to write an email or how to communicate in a meeting or when to put your hand up to, to interrupt a meeting and say, actually, I don't understand or ask a question. They're really helpful for that to get the basics right, um, really supportive. So the first couple of months, get to know your buddy and they've often volunteered to do that role. So they're there for you. Um, a mentor... In, in, in our world, is somebody who's got a lot more experience in the role that you're in, and they'll help you with your skills. They'll give you advice, coaching, tell you what to read, who to, who to go and speak to if you're lost. So I'd be very clear to use your mentors probably a bit later after you've got used to your buddies. So that would be my, my advice around buddies and mentors. And at Nationwide, we provide, um, when people join an apprenticeship or even a graduate scheme or a career changer scheme, no matter what age, whatever background, because apprenticeships can be people for all ages, always, always good, build a good buddy network. And some of the best buddies are the people on your, your learning group in your year that you've joined with. So what are the kind of problems you might face, especially if you've made the jump straight from school? Darren Marks, as Managing Director of Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology, sees a lot of apprentices. So I think the biggest problems we've seen in the last two years have been managing workload, being an apprentice is hard. You have a you have a workload at both the workplace and the college slash uh, provider place, and you have to meet both standards. You have to meet both those outcomes. And if you don't support yourself to manage through those, and that might be a skill you've not yet mastered or learnt, you do need support from other people around you. That will have an impact on your your health and well-being because you're just fighting against it, thinking, "Oh, I can do this later. Or I'll do it tomorrow," and everything will build up. Another one could be, depending on, on your facility and circumstances, isolation. You, you actually isolate yourself because you haven't necessarily got the social skills to go and communicate to your employer or your, your coach or mentor or the person who sits next to you in the office to say, I'm really struggling with this task, can you help me? You feel embarrassed, you feel ashamed and therefore you just become a reclusive nature to say, oh, I'll just do what I can do and, and slow down and quieten down and tuck myself away. And that, that are the probably two biggest We'll talk about timekeeping and workload in another programme, but let's focus here on how you can fit in and thrive at your apprenticeship. One of the keys is to take advantage of opportunities offered at your work. Emily Hutchinson, Chartered Occupational Psychologist. It depends on the workplace, but quite often um, there would be kind of uh, various kind of networks that you could join. So quite often there's early career networks, perhaps in an organisation or there's social clubs or there's activities, you know. So there's something about seeking out 
um, you know, as you might have done when you were in education, actually, seeking out kind of clubs or or places where you can connect with people who you have something in common with. So it's looking for some kind of shared activity. And Rob Wheeler agrees that networking is crucial. He's link governor at Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. I think it's the same as moving to any, you know, moving to a new town where you don't know anyone. So the chances are there will be other apprentices doing a, a program. It might not be the same one as themselves, but but reach out and find if there's anyone else doing the same kind of thing or doing an apprenticeship because you've got a common connection. Also, a lot of employers would probably try to do an induction, try and bring people together that recently joined on that week or that month or whatever else it might be. That also will be another route to bring people together use those networks to start to build those friendships build those connections also not only from a support perspective but you know a way of navigating that employer and that worked for meg ginsburg an apprentice project manager at southwest water make yourself known say hello to everyone but continue to ask the questions and even if it's silly ones just try and build those relationships and get to know people because they're the ones that will really, really help you um, no matter what as you go on through your apprenticeship journey and also then as you start your sort of uh, career onwards. But what if they're older, real grown-ups and you're just out of school? Darren Marks says don't let it be a problem. You've gone from 30 people that are your age sat next to you in a class to possibly zero, maybe one, maybe two, but more likely going to be zero. The closest person age might be seven to ten years older than you and you're having to step up your game to be a mature adult overnight when you're still thinking, oh, well, who's playing football tonight? Oh, I might go and watch that. And they're saying, oh, have you seen the economic downturn of these prices? And it's a completely different position. And there will be common ground, believe it or not, and it's finding the smallest common ground you can to just say, I can fit in here. And if you feel isolated or worried, always talk to your manager or always talk to your friends. Mark Bates, Early Careers Programme Manager at Nationwide Building Society. It's not a bad thing to talk. It's not a weakness or a failure. It's about being honest. There's nothing worse than struggling on your own and feeling isolated. So talk to people who've been in your shoes and they'll help you out, whether it's technically or soft skills. And finally... If you are still struggling, we run things like we've got mental health first aid. So if there's things going on outside of work that's affecting you, you can talk about that within work. Now, there's people who are impartial, confidential, they'll support you. And there's also a lot of what we call employee networks. So if, for example, you're struggling with money or finance, or if you're struggling because of your background, because you're a person of colour, or if you're a female, or even if you're a male trying to understand what's going on, there's employee networks, so there's people who have always been in your shoes and people you should talk to. Your company may not have all those options, so when the going does get tough, it's important to know where you can turn for help. That could be your friends or family, it could be a colleague or manager at work, it could be your GP. It could also be yourself, chartered occupational psychologist Emily Hutchinson. It's always worth saying with kind of psychological well-being is that you can also improve your psychological well-being through physical um, things. So I think there's sometimes a the perception that, you know, if you're feeling stressed or unable to cope, that you immediately need therapy or you need to go and do something that's to do with your head. In fact, actually, the research shows that you could do 
just do a bit more exercise or get outside more or just you know spend more time on a hobby or just go and spend some time with friends so it's making sure that you do all of those other things that actually keep you balanced keep your resilience at a certain level and that will enable you to handle the stress or arising things in the workplace more effectively so it's not just what you do and how you behave at work that's important it's what you do outside work as well Sam Bishop is a psychologist and executive coach, so he's very much thinking of our emotions and mindset. However, I really want you to become aware of and fully respect that your physical well-being and looking after four pillars of your physical well-being are vital to keep that harmony and you as an individual not just physically well, but will also contribute to your mental and emotional well-being too. And those four physical well-being factors that I want you to be aware of and be implementing tools and techniques to really elevate them are your diet. So thinking about your nutrition and getting a nice variety of nutritious food into your diet on a daily and weekly basis. Your activity, so moving your body, your body movement, how regularly you're exercising, for example, or or you're walking or you're taking movement breaks and actively moving your body on a, on a consistent basis. Sleep is a vital, vital physical well-being component. But if you don't look after your sleep, we know that will affect your mental and emotional well-being. So really prioritize your good sleep uh, habits and sleep hygiene, getting a good quality and amount of sleep each and every evening. And then finally, hydration. Thinking about how much water you're consuming and your levels of hydration can be a really fantastic physical well-being pillar for performance, but will also contribute towards your mental and your emotional well-being too. So please, although I talk about them quite separately at times, please don't overlook the importance of all of those well-being factors and physical being a high, high importance too. Sam Bishop from Sam Bishop Coaching and Development. Now, I don't know if he's going to thank me for this, but I'm going to leave the last word to Paul Ballard, a director at Nationwide. Yes, he says, be motivated, curious, energetic, but don't overdo it. People that potentially younger in their career might think they have to work all the hours that God sends or, you know, hang around in the office until the boss has gone and things like that. I mean, I, I, I'm quite famous personally. I go for running. I, I run or get on my Peloton bike an hour during the day. So I'm like, no, no, you need to live your life first. So we, we need to be really careful with particularly people in your earlier career that they're not working all the hours God sends to get promoted and like, because that will just lead one way. I, I was... I did quite a lot of work with McKinsey and, and other big strategy houses and there was a guy there who, admittedly he was sort of late 20, sort of associate partner type. He had the most phenomenal throughput I've ever met of anybody working with somebody. It was like, wow, you know, like, do you, do you sleep? Quality of work, like, relentless. And I spoke to him after about two years, said, how are you doing? He said, well, yeah, yeah, pretty good, but I had three months off, I burnt out. So everybody has their limit. So it's our job to make sure that, you know, you don't burn yourself out, really, because people will try to do that, I think. Paul Ballard from Nationwide. In the next few programmes, we're going to look in more detail at some of the challenges you may face as an apprentice. Until then, I'm Dominic Arkwright. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Mindful Apprentice. We hope you found something in it which was helpful to you or perhaps a colleague or friend, whether you're a new starter or a seasoned professional. 
If you've been affected by anything you've heard in the podcast or want to find out more about organisations which can provide help and support, go to sawiot.ac.uk forward slash The Mindful Apprentice.